Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. So happy to join with you. So grateful for this divine opportunity that we're giving ourselves to have more peace, more love, more joy. So grateful. Yes. (laughs) So I am uh, getting ready to go to the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina for uh, two events. I've been talking about them and the days are finally here. Uh, Stop playing small retreat. I haven't done one in a couple of years. We're going to have so many breakthroughs. Uh, We start on Thursday and then uh, Monday, we start with my spiritual counseling intensive training, which is so great. You know what I love about that spiritual counseling intensive is that even people who have no interest in becoming a spiritual counselor come and lawyers, all kinds of different people come and uh, they have so many personal breakthroughs. I recently asked people who attended last year to just share an update of how they're doing since the intensive. And a couple of them said that they had uh, healing in the body right there during that week. And the healing has been maintained, miraculous healing. And I say this uh, because this is the byproduct of doing the work. And people avoid doing the work. They have all kinds of excuses. And people always say, if I had more time. And so, honestly, that's the only reason I do in-person events. Because it's it's a lot of fun. But it's also a lot of work. It's a lot of prep. I uh, don't get any days off from my regular teaching schedule. So I do it on top of my teaching schedule. And then I'm, uh, because of my teaching schedule, which I choose. So believe me, I am not complaining. But because of my teaching schedule, I um, I don't get a, like a week to recover after working 10, 11 days straight. So, and the part of why my schedule is the way it is is because doing the teaching is healing to me. It's uplifting to me. And I can think of nothing I'd rather do than bind together with my brothers and sisters for our liberation. Inspiration for liberation. That's my thing. <laughs> and let's pray. Let's get inspired and choose liberation. So I invite you to place your hand on your heart and join with me as we give thanks, giving thanks for our precious life, giving thanks for the fact that God is eternal. God is always, now and forever perfect love we are truly grateful and truly thankful to open our minds and our hearts and our life to the fullness of love shining in our awareness we are consciously partnering up with the higher holy spirit self to remember the truth that sets us free so grateful that we don't have to set ourselves free in some laborious process Remembering the truth, valuing the truth, this is the way out of all sense of suffering. We're grateful and thankful to take everybody with us. We're sharing the benefits with all beings because we are one with them. In deep, deep abiding gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Hmm. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yay. Mm. All right. So our our topic this week is about 
identifying are we in fantasy or are we in vision? Is it an ego fantasy or a divine vision? So let's let's look at that and what A Course in Miracles has to say about it. And first, I'm just going to share with you, fantasy is something that I used to spend a lot of time fantasizing. I started doing that when I was a kid, and it was to escape my reality. I, when I, what I remember when I was a kid coming to awareness, I, I don't remember feeling particularly happy. I do remember feeling confused a lot, angry a lot, and hurt a lot, and I. I can remember at age 11, 12, and on up feeling that life was surreal. A lot of the time, things felt surreal. I felt like I was watching myself. And I had so many deja vu experiences. And uh, my teacher once said that I asked her about deja vu, my teacher, Venerable Dahani Oahu. Um, she said that deja vu is a choice point. It's an important choice point. And that's what's, what's why it feels that way. Now, um, and I remember saying to her years ago, uh, feels like everything is happening now. And also it feels like everything, I'm watching it on a DVD or something. So it feels like I'm watching the past, the present, and the future on DVD now. And she smiled. She said, yes, that's it. <laughs> and that's really, in a sense, without the DVD part, what A Course in Miracles is telling us is that we're reviewing what's already gone by. And that's, that's challenging to comprehend. And there are things in A Course in Miracles that seem challenging to comprehend. So my way of handling it is not to try to comprehend it, so much as to invite the Holy Spirit to make it plain, show it to me, teach it to me, make it clear in my mind. So rather than trying to figure it out and laboring with it, I just ask the Holy Spirit for the clarity. So for a long, long time, I spent so much time in fantasy. And I did it as a way to escape the reality that I didn't like. And what I realized much, much later, I was glad to finally realize it, is that fantasy, and this can go for television and movies and things like that where we project our mind into an alternate reality, First of all, it's like a drug. It's escapism. It's like a drug. I love, one of my favorite things to do, like a lot of course students, is to watch a movie, watch a play, watch a television show. Uh, I used to read a lot, but now I spend so much of my time reading uh, on the computer and things like that that I, I don't read like as much as I used to. Um, and I, I rarely read fiction at all. Mostly I just read um, inspiration and a f just a few books that I read over and over again, like The Course. And uh, I have so many emails to read in a day. Good Lord, I'm done reading by the end of the day, <laughs> usually. So I, I, my uh, recreational reading, I do it early. I do it first. <laughs> so um, I, I, it's a treat then early in the day. 
And when we're uh, watching television and movies and things like that, of course, it depends on what you like to watch. And uh, But some people really watch things to escape their reality, and there's a part of it that's like a fantasy. So you can imagine, let's say, I, I think of, um, oh, back in the day, uh, imagine that you have um, poor children watching TV shows about rich kids or like leave it to beaver that family wasn't rich but hey they were way better off than uh, other families people would watch these kinds of fantasy family situations the cosbys and different things like that projecting themselves into it so that it's like they have um this escape from their reality and it's a temporary relief but what it is it's also like a drug it's escapism it's self-medication so I am mindful about when I might be self-medicating or am I listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit as I'm watching Because many times I find now, where I used to really escape with things, now I'm watching with a different presence. So I'm watching to learn, and I'm inviting the Holy Spirit to teach me. In fact, I know um, sometimes my family likes to watch TV to escape and things like that. And the things they choose are feel like escapism to me in some ways, and I find I get very bored with it. It's interesting. Um, And I just kind of drift off. I remember back in the, uh, I guess it was the 80s, when uh, that TV show L.A. Law was on, and people were so into it. And for many weeks in a row, seriously, a number of weeks in a row, I'd say, this week I'm going to watch that L.A. Law so I can talk about it at work tomorrow. And I would turn on the L.A. Law, and I'd watch the first part, first commercial break, I'd think, well, I'm just going to go, while the commercials are on, I'm just going to go do something in the kitchen or something in my bedroom. And I would completely forget to come back. And so that happened to me week after week, and I just gave up. I said, the L.A. Law is not for me. <laughs> I can't even sit still during the commercial break. And... uh I think that was just when the VCR was being invented, so I didn't have uh, any uh, whatever. So fantasy is, think of fantasy as a way of escaping your life. Who's the hero of the dream? Of course, Miracles always says, who is the hero of your dream? dream that you're you're thinking you're living it's always the body is the hero of the dream so in your fantasy always in your fantasy you're gonna find that your body is the hero of the fantasy that's how you really know it's fantasy and also in fantasy There's usually a lot about other people watching you, perceiving you. It's all about trying to make yourself feel better by fantasizing that you're more special. Fantasy is often very much about specialness and escaping your problems, escaping your life. And vision, which is what A Course in Miracles talks about, is a different thing. So in uh, A Course in Miracles, right in the first chapter, section 7 is entitled Distortions of Miracle Impulses. And it says fantasy, this is paragraph 3, fantasy is a distorted form of vision. 
a distorted form of vision. So let's look at vision. Okay, we're cultivating vision. And this, this is something that, again, right in the beginning of uh, the course, chapter one, that same section, Distortions of Miracle Impulses, it's section seven. Jesus says to us in paragraph two, Child of God, you were created to create the good, the beautiful, and the holy. Do not forget this. The love of God for a little while must still be expressed through one body to another because vision is still so dim. You can use your body best to help you enlarge your perception so you can achieve real vision of what the physical of which the physical eye is incapable. Learning to do this is the body's only true usefulness. And uh, Jesus does tell us that the body is useful for communication. So I'm using my body right now for communication. And uh, that's what he tells us the body is for, communication. So now, and what is there to communicate that's worthwhile except vision? So the love of God for a little while must still be expressed through one body to another because vision is still so dim. So when we open our minds, really open our minds, when we clear all the clutter from the altar of God, which is our very heart, right, which is also our mind, really, our heart and mind, our right mind is in our heart, (laughs) That's how I think of it. So clearing everything off the altar of our heart, God's holy altar, then we can see, for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, the truth is liberating. So vision is not with the eyes, it's with the mind. So it says here, you can use your body best to help you enlarge your perception so you can achieve real vision. So perception is when we're perceiving, we're looking, and there's some evaluation there. Vision, there's no evaluation is how I experience it. Vision is, it it appears, in our mind, it, yeah, it's almost like I experience it, like, uh, remember the old Polaroids, and you'd watch them develop, vision to me is often like that, it starts with the feeling, a, a thought, a sense that something is emerging, And then the vision comes clearer and clearer and more distinct and the colors more vibrant and the vision becomes clear. So for me, for instance, when I go back to 2010, I remember sitting on my sofa in Los Angeles, in my home in Los Angeles, and I remember being contemplative And I'm frequently vibrating with my heart's desire, which is to be of service and to make sure that uh, I'm being truly helpful and useful with my actions and choices. And to me, that means it brings benefit to everyone, whatever I'm choosing, whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm thinking, whatever I'm talking about, whatever I'm feeling that my life is about being truly of service, being truly helpful. So I was sitting on my sofa being contemplative, just opening my mind, maybe asking the question, how can I be truly helpful? How can I be of service? What's mine to do? 
just resting and listening. Because when we're in that communion space with God, it's not about what we're saying. It's about our listening ability. It's about our receiving ability. Because there's nothing for us to explain to God or tell God. Because the infinite mind of God knows all. There's nowhere to hide anything. (laughs) There's no confusion in the infinite mind of God. So sitting there, just sitting, listening. Listening, listening, always with this intention, how can I serve? How can I be of service today? How can I be helpful? And what came into my awareness in my vision, so in my uh, mind, I saw the images of the different teachers Uh, an array of teachers, much like we would do it back then with Living a Course in Miracles, eight different teachers. So I saw that, and I felt the energy of it. That, to me, is part of the vision, too, particularly for me, because I'm. uh, it's one of the main ways I receive intuition and inspiration is through feeling. So I was feeling the energetics of these classes, Living a Course in Miracles, and them being broadcast around the world and made free and available to anyone and everyone. And I felt the benefit that could come from it. And I felt all this energy pouring out and being received by people and the gratitude that's what I felt sitting there in that moment all that energetic that was the vision that I felt was given to me I didn't I don't recall doing anything to like make it happen or but just being contemplative it arrived in my awareness And I find that vision like that, it has a certain tenor. It has a certain vibration that feels different than when I'm trying to figure something out or make something up. And I'm so glad. Thank you, God. It has a different vibration. It has a different feel. So I recognize, ah, This is inspiration. This is vision. This is guidance. This is not me wanting something or needing something or trying to make something or even having an idea. Those are all different experiences to me. So this vision of living A Course in Miracles classes, walking the talk, living the love, this came. And I I just knew, oh, my. This is tremendous. This is so fabulous. And so being very naive, I thought, oh, this won't be that hard. I mean, it'll be some work. I had no idea. And I also had no idea that it would personally cost me (laughs) $35,000. Yikes. And as the cost was mounting and mounting and mounting, and there was no nothing to cover the cost I was just owing more and more and more at a time when I had very little income I just I thought well this was not my idea this is God's idea and so God will provide and uh and ultimately we did sell because that was how we recouped part of the investment we sold the audios and the transcripts And I think we recouped about $30,000. And then later on, um, more income came that covered the rest. And so I was glad that I listened and followed because the, the financing did show up eventually. And I could carry it on my credit cards for a while. And it, it did bring huge benefit and it was a lot of fun and it was a huge, huge amount of work. OMG, I was just working all the time. 
with all the million little pieces, the moving pieces of a production so epic like that. And yet, I was so grateful to be of service. I was so grateful to be able to bring it to fruition in the way that it was presented to me. And along the way, uh, there were stops and starts, but I felt the energy of that vision pulling me forward. And nowhere in the process do I recall having any fantasies at all. No fantasies at all. It was just a vision. And in the vision, while I did see the faces of the teachers on the web pages and the marketing pieces and things like that, the artwork, I was not seeing myself uh, carrying it out like in a fantasy. There was none of that. I was not the hero of the fantasy or the hero of the vision. It wasn't about me. It had nothing to do with me. I was just being that fulcrum point. I was holding the basket and asking others to help me hold the basket and contribute to the basket and come and enjoy the basket. But nothing in the vision was about the basket holder, <laughs> the form holder as we say in the Native American teachings and the Buddhist teachings. Uh, I was a form holder, but uh, it wasn't about that. It wasn't about that at all. So we can live from this real vision of which the physical eye is incapable. Learning to do this is the body's true usefulness. I love that. And it is a skill that we can learn and develop and grow into. One of the things that I, one of the reasons why I'm doing this Stop Playing Small retreat this coming weekend and why I'm working with uh, John Mundy and now it looks like Lisa Natoli too, uh, on I'd like to do these teacher trainings uh, and I'm really hoping we can do this this summer. We had a venue that then canceled on us. I think they double booked themselves but didn't want to admit it anyway. Uh, no forgiveness required, no judgment made. Um, I know everything's in divine timing. It has to be. So, um, yes, I'm in, I'm, I, I've got this vision of doing... Uh, a retreat on writing spiritual inspiration, a retreat on teaching workshops, designing a curriculum, and also teaching my forgiveness workshop, my Forgive and Be Free workshop, which I just did in New York, and I hope to do it again in June. And... Uh, oh, let's see here. What's happening? And um, and then also a weekend on speaking, giving spiritual talks and sermons and things like that. So it's something John and I know a lot about, Lisa knows a lot about. And there are so many people, so many light workers who are answering the call. And I would really love to support them in being successful in this world in sharing their gifts and talents. I had very little support when I was doing all of this. I had to build everything from scratch. And my friends supported me. My family supported me. But I didn't have support from colleagues and teachers, not much. In in my training at Agape and at the Ernest Holmes Institute and things like that, there was very little support for ministers and teachers who w wished to really practice their gifts and talents. So I am so interested in helping people find a place where they can teach a class. We've got John Mundy teaching a class starting uh, May, oh, I think the date is May 4th. It's Thursday. I should know the date. Um, May 3rd. Yeah, he's got a six-week class that I'm sponsoring called Practicing the Principles, and he'll be my guest on the radio show next week. I love collaborating with people and 
helping them share their gifts and talents. And so what I'm intending uh, is, as far as the vision goes, I have a vision that I've received that I'm uh, following the guidance of spirit to have power of love ministry really move from being not just a teaching ministry for me, but like a spiritual university where there are many teachers teaching many classes. And most importantly, I feel training teachers and counselors and prayer practitioners and then employing them. I love this. I have uh, my spiritual counseling intensive, which is just one of the modules of my spiritual counseling certification program. And I really see the people in the certification program flourishing and earning a living doing what they love. And that to me is the fulfillment of the vision. So I am not the uh, one who needs to do everything. And uh, <laughs> I love giving other people a chance to shine, to rise and shine and answer the call. So, yeah, lots of vision coming forward. No fantasy in there, just vision. So we're going to talk more about this after the break. You can learn about John Mundy's class and more all these things at jenniferhadley.com. You're listening to A Course of Miracles on Unity Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Ah, welcome back. I was just fantasizing about, no, I wasn't... Just kidding. I think this is such an important thing. You know, in um, my Masterful Living class, I talk about this. In my Finding Freedom Boot Camp, I talk about this. And we're going to be offering Finding Freedom Boot Camp um, next month again in May. Uh, May, early June, something like that. Uh, Figuring those dates out now. I talk about fantasy. To me, it's one of the things I I don't hear other people talking about, but I used to self-medicate with fantasy all the time. And it's, of course, people are familiar with sexual fantasy and things like that, but talking with so many of my counseling clients and students, people fantasize about... Uh, Fame, of course. Wealth, of course. Having a great body, of course. Having a fantastic lover, of course. Uh, Always you can see in fantasy, the body is the hero of the fantasy. So, one of the things that I recommend in my classes is, if you feel like you're not living your best life, You probably are fantasizing at some point. Many people are. But if you really feel that you're not living your best life and you are playing small, you know that you're playing small, you know that you're being called to a greater spiritual expression, you know that you're being called to be more loving, you know that you're being called to drop the self-medication in all its forms, if you know that you're being called to share your gifts and talents in the world in ways that are deeply fulfilling for yourself and others, if you know these things, let me just make it plain. In my personal research with my own life and with the people who are my counseling clients and folks in my classes, 
Fantasy is an energy drain. What happens is there's a seeming sense of satiation or feeling full, which is so different than fulfillment. There's a sense of feeling full, feeling satiated that we get when we're fantasizing, but there's no nourishment in it. There's no spiritual growth in it. There's no healing or awakening in it. It's just a temporary distraction. And it is a way of medicating, just like Drinking alcohol can be a way of medicating. So there's a hangover that happens from fantasy. And when we are cultivating a life of vision, sometimes I, I, I do a, a workshop called Living from Vision. And I love to do that, particularly around the new year. And it's what I include in my um, New Year's Reboot classes. If you feel like you're really living from fantasy and you're stuck in it, you're addicted to fantasy, because I was totally addicted to fantasy, seriously. And um, I would just, my mind would go shut right off of reality. Like Just if I have 60 seconds to walk down the hall to take out the trash, my mind would flip into fantasy. I just wanted to escape my experience all the time. I was so not happy here. And I would do that as a way of not really, really hurting myself. Um, And I... uh, Sorry, I just got distracted (laughs) by something. And... I'm just feeling it now, the memory of it. And then when I would go back out of the fantasy into my human experience, you could say human reality. If you're not a course student, you could probably get away with human reality. (laughs) Um, And everything in my human experience paled in comparison to being the hero of the fantasy. So, there was always that kind of hangover, like, nah, my life is not good, and I don't know how to make it good. And so, it was one of the main factors in me playing small, because I could, in a sense, dull down that burning desire to share my gifts and talents in ways that were profoundly fulfilling for myself and others. I could take the edge off that burning desire, but that was not useful or helpful to me because now I experience that burning desire around things like the way I feel about the ministerial teacher, prayer practitioner, counselor programs I'm developing. I have such a passion for them. I do not wish to diminish that passion at all. I love experiencing the passion, expressing the passion, and following divine guidance about how to fulfill the vision that I've been given. So this is great. And uh, so let's go back to the course here. Chapter 1, Section 7, Paragraph 3. Fantasy is a distorted form of vision. Fantasies of any kind are distortions because they always involve twisting perception into unreality. So let's say we have the perception perception that being famous would be better. If we have the perception that being rich would be better. We have the famous that being uh, famous. We have the fantasy that uh, or the perception that being thinner would be better. Or we have the perception that uh, oh, being uh, married to this person would be better. These are all the fantasy thoughts, right? Then we're twisting that perception into unreality, an illusion within the illusion. 
And then it says, actions that stem from distortions are literally the reactions of those who know not what they do. So that's the thing is, do we want to go through our day not even knowing what we're doing? It says, then, fantasy is an attempt to control reality according to false needs. False needs. The need to be famous, the need to be liked, the need to be beautiful, the need to be special. Always, It's always that, right? So fantasy and the need to be special go hand in hand. Fantasy is the drug of the one who needs to be special. Now, when we feel so bad and so wrong, it's totally understandable that this need to be special would arise. But there, instead of that need to, one of the things we can realize is that need to be special is like an addiction. I invite you to look for where it plays out in your life. The addiction to people noticing you, giving you attention, thinking you're special. One of the things that I notice in my life is that um, there are definitely people, and you may be one of them, that really love what I do. And because I share so personally in my classes and, and my daily inspiration that I write, and I share my prayers every day, I share this radio show for so many years now, week after week, and I do all these free classes, so I'm constantly sharing my stories, my experience, my perceptions, my insights, all of it, and uh I am pretty transparent. People really appreciate that. People relate to me. I get uh, wonderful feedback. I'm not. Uh, I'm not able to respond to a lot of it, uh, just for the time factor. Uh, and so, I sometimes people think I'm special. I don't. I don't feel special at all. Uh, I have felt special in the past. In I've had boyfriends that made me feel special, and then I realized, oh, this is not good. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> not good at all. Um, but there can be a strong craving to be special, and I used to have that. And it was as though that craving to be special... It came out of a belief that I was so wrong and so bad and so despicable and um, unworthy of love and things like that. So I counterbalanced it with this, or it expressed itself really is a better way to to say, it expressed itself as a needing, wanting, craving to be special. And so since I wasn't getting that in my life day to day, uh, my family were not getting with the program. My friends were not getting with the program. And my spiritual community for sure was not getting with the program. So I would go into fantasy instead. But as I healed this idea that I'm bad, I'm wrong, I'm heinous, I'm fundamentally not good or evil, healing all of those false beliefs, the need for fantasy and the need for specialness dissolved. And one of the things I recommend in my classes is to go cold turkey. Like, if you, you've recognize you're addicted to fantasy, maybe spend a whole day like really focusing on the fantasy, really going for it. Just like if you were going to quit drinking, maybe just get falling down drunk. And then like I, I, I occasionally when I'm on the road uh, and have a very, very long drive, I'll listen to Alec Baldwin's podcast um, occasionally he has something there that's of interest to me. And um, I love listening to his voice. And I, I admire his 
his turnaround in his life because I remember seeing him in the 80s in New York and uh, he seemed like all ego and he was doing coke and all of that back then. Well, one day he just did way too much coke, I guess, and he hurt himself and it took him a while to recover from that. And then he didn't do coke for a long time and he did it one more time and he was like, no, I, my, I have no capacity to do coke anymore. So sometimes that can actually work for us that we hurt ourselves we not not that i'm advocating that but maybe spend a whole day in fantasy and just see is it really how you'd like to spend your life anymore and if you if you recognize when you're tempted to go into fantasy you think, oh, I'm just going to sit here and fantasize for five minutes. I'm waiting for the movie to start or I'm waiting for the coffee to brew or whatever it might be. I'm just going to fantasize about this. What if you knew that that's the re- part, a major contributor to you playing small? Would you still choose to fantasize? It's not a rhetorical question. It's really contemplate that. Contemplate that. So I've learned instead of filling that time with fantasy or checking my phone, it's so funny, I just had a wonderful girl's God getaway uh, with um, uh, my BFF, Lisa Natoli. I just love that woman. And um, I, I wrote a blog about it on Sunday. What was that date? 22nd, April 22nd, 2018. Um, And um, so fun. And uh, gosh, I forgot what I was going to say now. Talking about, um, we were talking about playing small. And um, well, God gave me another idea, so maybe that's what happened. I was, I was like, take a, take a, take a, a sharp right turn here. Uh, last week on this broadcast, I shared about my tow truck experience. I think so. Well, um, and that I was laughing, even though it cost me two hundred and fifty dollars. It didn't bother me at all, not even a tiny little bit. And I just knew God would provide something some way, somehow. So Lisa and I had planned uh, months ago that we were going to go away for the weekend and just hang out. And so we could just talk, 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 like we like to do. And um, we're new BFFs. So we were just getting to know each other and really having fun. We got to spend some quality time in San Francisco. Oh, I know. I spent some quality time in San Francisco with Bill and Lisa. Bill Free, Lisa's husband, wonderful man. And so the three of us were hanging out together some. And Lisa told me this past weekend that Bill had said, Jennifer's so present. She doesn't check her phone all the time. Um, and... Um, yeah, I don't check my phone all the time. I, I, when I'm working, I do look at my phone for different things. I set timers so I'm not late because I lose track of time when I'm writing and different things like that. Um, I check the weather, but I am not checking my email. When I'm with friends, I'm not checking my email. I don't want to even think about email. And I can go a whole day without checking text messages and, and uh, just being out off off screen it's it, to me it's a useful tool but i i don't like checking it all the time it's it's not what i'm interested in i'm interested when especially when i'm with other people i'd like to stay connected with other people in the conversation and be joining with them so anyway uh i will say this about the tow truck experience so when I got to the hotel, Lisa had gotten there a little bit ahead of me. I'd forgotten my shoes, my running shoes, and had to go back for them, my walking shoes. So um, she, when she greeted me in the lobby, she said, guess what? The room is totally free. Two nights, and we had a two-bedroom suite so we could sit in our robes in the living room and make our own breakfast and stuff. And um, she says, totally free. I used my Marriott points. I got us a free room for both nights, which saved me $250 
which is what the tow truck was. And then when Lisa unpacked her bag, there was a card in there from Bill, her husband, with a $100 bill in it saying, dinner's on me. So I'm sharing this because this is life demonstrating. I wasn't worried. I knew Spirit would send me back that 250 I didn't know when or where, and I may not have even noticed it. But there it was, right away, in a very noticeable way, I'm sure, so I could share it with you. Fantasy is a drug we don't really need. Start to pay attention, and instead of going into fantasy, just open your mind to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, share a vision of love with me. I don't need fantasy anymore. Share a vision of love with me. I give you my fantasy. Share a vision of love with me. You will not be disappointed, and you will stop playing small. I know it. So let's take a breath of love and gratitude here. I want to remind you, John Mundy is my guest next week, and his class, Practicing the Principles of A Course in Miracles, starts next week. And this is the first time he's taught a class on video where he's, you're, you're going to see. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think you'll love it. And I place my hand on my heart. I am so grateful. I am so thankful that the love of God is shining in my awareness right here, right now. So grateful that we're joining together to see and know and feel clearly the love of God and our true reality. We are grateful and thankful to open our minds to the fullness of the vision of love that our life is. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 God bless you. I love you. Have a great rest of your week. Mwah. 